thing i wanted to bring up was it finally really hit me that keith flynn is dead oh dude cool keith definitely dead i mean unfortunate it it, it hit us when it happened but then it it wasn't until yesterday when i rewatched. i haven't watched the firestarter video since it probably came out (laughs) really it's been a long time but that was a kick-ass summer i don't remember i don't know if you remember that that was the same summer that MTV was nonstop playing all the, like the last videos that Manson was making from Antichrist Superstar, but mm. we're talking breathe. Oh, I remember, yeah. I, I remember uh, them interrupting 120. It was 128 minutes or 120 show, minutes. Yeah. yeah, with Matt Pinfield. It wasn't Matt Pinfield hosting this particular episode, but when they say uh, every now and then something comes along and it is too important for us to 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 ignore we we can't we have to show it to you you guys wanted it here it is and they show smack my bitch up like once. <laughs> yeah they they, sh- they show it once and then and then of course the fi- this fire started being I mean, like a, the, there's a preview or not a preview like uh behind the scenes where they show them just making it just it's, just, it's so ferocious and of course uh uh, obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably have an inkling of a suspicion that the reason we named our podcast Minefields is because we are Prodigy fans. Dude, I, I, yeah, that's a big deal. I Like, years ago, Joshua and I started talking. Well, I remember I was walking around. I was outside of the house, and I was just walking. We were on the phone, and we were talking about, uh, we were talking about Crystal Methods Vegas. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and we were just... This is the best album. I can't believe it. Like this song and then that song. And we could just name the songs off the top of our head. And then we we talked about... We then I think the next time we talked, it just came up. What's another album like that that completely owns and every song is incredible? And we, besides Michael Jackson's Thriller, it was, uh, it was Fat of the Land by The Prodigy. Fat of the Land, baby. And, Fat of the um, Land. Yeah. Honestly, I had heard... I used to play tennis with uh, one of my best friends ever, Justin Jones, uh, when we were in college, and he had a Creative Labs uh, Nomad Play Dock. So he oh, would, yeah. Do you remember those things? Yeah, like, they, I do. They didn't compete well enough with Apple, because I remember their main competitor was Apple's uh, iPad, iPods, um, and huh. uh, they just didn't advertise in the U.S., so you know the product disappeared and it disintegrated down to just Singapore, if I'm not correct, or if I'm not mistaken. So Justin used to work there. He had one. I worked there in tech support for a while. A lot of people in my town worked there because this was one of the places But uh, where they where we did tech support and customer service. It was a call center. And anyway, we had that device, and it blew our minds just having, you know, digital media in a, in a little speaker like that. So we would go play tennis, and we would play The Prodigy over and over and over again and somehow it was like 
you just had to have that music. It was like putting on a Superman cape. You could fly with that music. But that uh, whole record, that whole record. Oh, if if I was a if I was a pro wrestler, Diesel Power would be my intro mm-hmm. music. Yeah. No 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 questions asked. I listen to that literally every single day to get myself pumped into the right right frame of mind that I need to be in and, and able to function as a human being because that is how I express myself. I come out every day to Diesel Power. Dude, for real. I mean, go through funky shit. That was it. Like when funky shit came on, it was that little weird little just gets you going and that quirky little beat it's got. And then, I mean, I'm not going to say I was ever really great at tennis. I could play it, but I could play tennis better when that was going on, which is, I don't know. Is this the whitest thing I've ever said? Probably you not. Literally, you literally read my mind. I'm like, dude, I am not. <laughs> uh, you realize you I'm wanna, Mexican. You wanna, I, don't I know. Any Mexican that You're plays Mexican? tennis. <laughs> no, uh, this, 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 this. I'm like, going like, to say something even whiter now, okay? So uh, right. when, I, when, I was, when I was living in L.A., my girlfriend who was out there, uh, Tammy, we went out for three years Ooh, and one day. She, yeah, she was like, I like, I like hey. that name. Yeah, she'll Jesus. probably hear this. You'll uh, probably see it on Facebook and say something about it. Uh, w- she uh, met this kid named Chris on the TV show she was working on. And he was uh, Scott Bakula's godson. And uh, she said, yeah, Chris is doing a uh, dance performance out in Oxnard. I was like, really? So, uh, yeah, you want to go? And I was like, a tap performance? And, uh, yeah, yeah, let's go out to Oxnard. Um, I think her godfather, Scott, will be there. And we got to talk. Yeah. I was like, it's Scott Bakula. I got to go. Maybe I'll meet yeah. him. So we drove all the way out to Oxnard one night. She lived in Venais. So this is a distance. Anyways, we get out there. We watch this whole show. And at some point, I'm going, wait a minute. We came out here to see Chris. I've never seen him perform. And then he gets up there, and he's the only guy, if I'm not mistaken, who is performing in the entire dance recital. And they come out doing a tap to to minefields. Really? And you're, it was astonishing. These are under 18-year-olds. I don't know if their dance instructor said to do it or what, but da-dun, da-dun. Da-da. This is dangerous. Exactly. And these <laughs> kids came out wearing all, they had all black on, their tap shoes, and they had these killer, like, wayfarers, uh, and they crushed it. You'd never seen anything like this before mixed in with that music, and that, and it was cemented. I was like, that's the baddest-ass song I've ever heard, and it just stayed that way. So the I Minefields, think- the Prodigy... Cool Keith, Keith, Keith I mean, wherever you are, I'm, I'm I'm sorry you got pushed to that point. I, I I hope it didn't hurt, and I hope you're you're safe and you're warm and and that your pain's over. But I do have to say one thing that's uh, to counter your white white thing is. I'm sorry, ultimate. yeah, that was pretty white. Yeah, well, again, I say something Tap super Mexican. Uh, the easiest way to commit suicide is to walk into a gaggle of Mexicans and talk some shit about Selena. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do that. I mean, that's, that's Selena is Selena is a death. thing of beauty and a a, a very special yeah. person. We're not we're that's not making light that's, of suicide, folks. No, we uh, no, we just need some comic relief. And yeah, that's a hard thing to talk about. Let me. I mean, we've we've said this in other podcasts, in other in other issues of of the Minefields Comics podcast. But if you've got problems, if you've got something that's hurting you, 
you've got to talk to somebody. And if you want to talk to somebody, talk to us. We will listen to you. Find a way to to let us know. We've put it all out there. Facebook, you know, messages, our names are out there. We're not hard to get a hold of. Tweet it at us. We'll find it. We'll listen to you. We will talk to you. But, um, yeah, man, I mean. The world's better with you here. It really, yeah. That's a beautiful sentiment. The world is better with you here. Just like. Just like Picard said um, on the episode when he had to go tell that kid that his his mother was dead, and he he kind of breaks down in front of Crusher, and she he's just like, "Listen, you got to realize that when you're on the Enterprise, no one's alone. That's yeah, no one is alone. And God, that just that that just like." How do they write those stories? Or how did they write those stories? Where like they weren't doing some epic battle every week. How did they convince some asshole like CBS executive that we're going to do a throwaway episode? We're going to do three or four, or maybe ten of them, where there's not going to be some big Klingon throwdown or 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 suspicions of Romulans. We're we're gonna we're gonna dig deep into the human psyche. That's it, man. I think you're missing a major component of Star Trek. If you go back to Star Trek The Motion Picture, 1979, the human adventure continues. Yeah, Yeah, they're in space, but they're human. And there's all those aliens. There's there's Vulcans. There's an android. It's all human. And uh, ultimately, that's what it is. Let's, uh, Let's talk about some comics. Yeah, let's let's have it head over to the comics, and then uh, I think uh, one of the uh, things we're going to talk about in a little bit is the uh, new Orville episode. Oh, let's just talk about it right now. (laughs) Are you sure? I'm positive. Like I I watched it, I watched it two nights ago, and I I I was literally thinking I should probably be taking notes on this because uh, I I've seen that you've been like keeping track on Hulu but I didn't know you were all the way caught up now. I wasn't. I didn't. It was an uh, accident. I uh I'm catching up to uh season 2 of Orville and and I'm going through it a little bit at a time and um last night I watched uh three episodes and I clicked one and I thought, "Okay, cool." Uh I was sucked into this new episode. What is the name of it? We got we need to look that up. Well, while you're looking that up, I'm yeah. going to preface that. that Go ahead, the, yeah, hit this the, thing. The, 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 the main guy that uh, we're talking about is the kid from Critters. Like, Critters <laughs> 1. Gordon. Like, the character is Gordon. Gordon, yeah, Gordon. But but I'm talking about the actor. He's the kid from the original Critters. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so i uh, just go ahead, and go ahead and get into it. They find a time capsule from, like, what, 300 years beforehand? And they they find an iPhone, they find clothes, and they activate the phone. And Gordon is just hypnotized by this gorgeous woman because they they see the video. And she's like, hey, this is my phone. Um, I want to, you know, hopefully I'm communicating to you hundreds of years in the future. And and they go through all her her personal messages, her music, her her diaries that are all saved on this phone. And Gordon is just hypnotized by her she's she's gorgeous she's 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 oh yeah it's leighton meester dude she's beautiful she's got that zoe deschanel type thing going on but she doesn't her music (laughs) is actually actually good and she's not like some lame chick with a ukulele like her her music was good 
and he takes the phone. Well, you see, he's, he absconds with it, and he goes to the holodeck, and he has the computer analyze it, like geometrically mapping it as if it was her yeah. mind. Yeah. And it wasn't even like one of those things, hey, give me a scenario. It's 1955. Uh, I'm the Rocketeer. There's some Nazis. No. Learn learn this person from this phone and let me let me just be in her presence. I had such a hard time with with his other crew members thinking I him know. crazy. Yeah. Thinking of all this shit all these assholes have done in the in in the past two seasons, they're judging him for falling in love with a girl that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I wasn't pleased with them. Uh, I thought they could have let him down a little bit easier, and I, I think that they could have guided him away away from it a little bit better. But they were really um, shitty to him. They were really shitty to him. They really kind of were. I, I can't believe that they went to the holodeck to enjoy that party, and, and they, they were treated still rude. it so poorly. Yeah, yeah, they they were still rude. They they couldn't get out fast enough. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, they were. I mean, that's and that I wondered two things while I was watching that was, was it that they couldn't get into the circumstances or were, are they so removed from that lifestyle that they couldn't put themselves in that place, which is kind of crazy because like, consequently we're watching, um, Bordas and Clyde, Clyden, um, yeah, in episodes, too much. <laughs> oh my god, I cracked up every time they were smoking on screen. That was there was a, I felt like there were two or three really great things going on in this episode, and them smoking was so they just damn funny. Couldn't stop smoking in the, like the the fights that broke out. Yeah, but 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 you it was you just their inflections, up. their faces, the expressions. <laughs> I don't understand why Bordas his makeup. Uh, he doesn't seem to be able to emote as well as the performer who's functioning as Clyden. I can't. I don't know uh, their names, guys. I love I'm that. Sorry. I love. I love that guy. He, like they're amazing. It's, it's perfect. It's Though, perfect. That couple is massively, massively entertaining to watch. <laughs> uh, I. I mean, hiding cigarettes around the around the their. Oh their, my God. Their, their His, what, do you, what do you call it? Their, their domicile. Yeah, their, their quarters, their <laughs> crew quarters. Cigarette, okay, Bordas. I, I, okay, I'm sorry, guys. I've got to figure out what these people's names are. We didn't. We clearly didn't plan for this. This is an absolutely off the cuff part of the conversation. Yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're treating this. Up. We're treating this as if it's an issue of a, of one of our books that we've read. Yeah. So I'm sorry if this is not comics, but I think a lot of people probably are keeping up with this. I saw more people on Facebook talk about this episode today uh, and this week um, than I've ever seen anybody just saying casually, I love Orville. Did you guys see Orville? It was cool. No, in particular, I saw very, you know, two or three people just being like, hey, did anybody catch the feels off of that episode last night? But what I'm saying is, yeah, yeah it's off the cuff. I can't remember everybody's act. I can't remember all the actors' names. Bordas when he was revealing where all the cigarettes were, it was the puffiness <laughs> of having been caught and the way the flourish that he was using was yeah, just, just so just real. Mad. He's just so mad. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. No, this, I love it. And Clyde, Clyde, Clyde eating the cigarette in initially was really good too. Computer, uh, where's Clyde? He's in, uh, he's in airlock. He's three. In airlock. 
Man. <laughs> just looking at him. Okay, but yeah, look. seriously. Leighton Meester uh, portraying... Oh, gosh, what was the character's name? Portraying the love interest in this episode. She I, she was on... Um, what was it? Pretty Little Liars or something like that? I uh, think so. she, I, she, I looked it up, too. I okay, yeah, too. she was on a show that was on when I was, uh, you know, like 10 years ago. Uh, Not watching TV that matters. Blake Lively. Um, and uh, I always used to see her and thought, well, that girl is like fantastically beautiful. And then they finally her playing a role, I feel like, where she wasn't playing someone who was snotty and upper class. I feel like this depicts a really good range for her because she she got to play two different versions of the same character in this, albeit like slightly off after uh, the boyfriend had been excommunicated but uh like critically i mean god i mean gordon having seen the episode where he had a hard time talking to the new dark matter specialist in season one yeah was really i I was glad to see him going for this because when i started watching it i didn't realize i was watching something near the end of season two i thought this was the next part of the progression and i was going why haven't we seen more of the Dark Matter girl? So I don't know what's happening with that or anything ever happens. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, it was just – guys, this was a knockout episode. There's uh, so many, so many layers. Really, like, truly. Okay. The performances you see, you were see the hu- Yeah, exactly. The, por- the performance was amazing, but there's so many layers of human interaction. Like you get to experience that perfect I meet you – we like each other. We're good to each other. We're not bullshitting each other. We have that perfect first kiss. Mm-hmm. And then he walks into that awful faded bullshit, which you and I being older, we see it all the time. Like, Hey, I love you. We should be, we should, we should be together forever. And I'm talking to my ex-boyfriend and he used to beat oh, me and yeah. rape me and we're together again. <laughs> like, that and, has happened okay. to me in the last uh, several, yeah. last and several years. There you go, being a dumbass human. Uh, I it it when he, I, I saw his heart fall straight out of his ass when he walked in that room, and he saw the boyfriend, and he knew what was going on. And he but but the one thing that was really cool I liked about it, and I think this is one something that they wanted people to understand and and learn. Don't be an asshole. Maintain. She didn't, you know, steal everything out of your bank account. Maintain, don't be an asshole. He showed up at the end. They did their duet. He was cool with the with the ex boyfriend, and he really there was, was no, wasn't he? There, yeah, there was no hard feelings. Uh, there were hard feelings, but they were softening it to to where they weren't bad memories. That, that's that's one of my favorite things about a lot of my uh, uh, I want to say ex girlfriends. Because we didn't end on a bad note. It, it sucked, but we softened the memory to where it didn't hurt. Is that, is, is, am I completely talking to my ass? Of course what not. What do you think? No, that makes that makes sense. I mean, this this episode was... This made me reevaluate some things that I've been experiencing lately and some things I've been putting somebody through. And, I mean, I, mean, I, I looked at it and I was like, this is unbelievably personal right now. And I'm not going to lie. I was crying in multiple yeah. parts of this I episode. Cried a, I cried a few times. Uh, be, I mean, I... I haven't done – I haven't been the best person I could be. There are a lot of circumstances going on. There are a lot of things happening 
Um, it's never just one thing. It's everything. That's a an axiom. I, I don't know if I live by it, but I say it at work. People are always like, what's going on? I'm like, it's not one thing. It's everything. And it's true. But, you know, clearly Gordon's just going through his life and he's a little bit depressed. You know, he's but he's sarcastic and he drinks to cope with it and stuff. And then here's this really beautiful person who happens to be portrayed by a really beautiful actress and happens to be beautiful in the story and everything. And it all works out for a second. And then what does he do? He doesn't get shitty, but he does try to see what would happen by erasing the boyfriend. And that was a thing. I got to say that. Wow. I was, I was pretty much bawling at the end uh, when they got their picture taken together, because I swear to God, if he had had to, if, he, if he'd had to look at that phone one more time and seen, oh my God, if he'd seen that picture of him with her and there'd been some kind of other wacky thing going on because it's science fiction, you can do crazy stuff. Um, Lord Almighty, that would have changed everything that had been going on in the story and I could have taken it. I could have accepted that, but I would have asked for a sequel to this episode. But anyway, we need to progress from this. Uh, what? I've got a few things to say about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, uh, guys, the Orville, yeah, it's Seth MacFarlane, but it's not crude, disgusting face uh, Family Guy stuff. That's uh, true. They, yeah. they have they have really good hidden jokes. Like what was it? Like Gaylord something? Like they made that Gaylord joke and like, for the Pictionary thing is like I was working with what I could. <laughs> and uh, I, you know uh, for, I, that playing... one flew past me. I did not catch. Yeah. it. I knew there was a joke there, but I didn't. I didn't get it. Which maybe However, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I watched I watched that the other night, but you and I watched today, and it felt like one of those things where the universe just collapses and gets parallel. I watched the episode of uh, Next Generation, mm-hmm. uh, booby tra- booby trap. Yeah, yeah. Season yeah. three, season three, episode six, and it starts out with LaForge on that bad date. Oh, with, yep. Mm-hmm. Julie... On that bad date. Julie, what's her? Julie Warner is the actress, I think. Uh, this stuff like I can that. pull she, out of nowhere. Yeah, she was the cute. Yeah, Ju- girl, Julie, Julie Warner. She Julie was the Warner cute girlfriend sure. in Tommy Boy with Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. Also, she was. Mm-hmm. And she was in Doc Hollywood, if I'm not mistaken, with Michael J. Fox. I love that. I love that movie. Um, but it was so on parallel because Jordy needed. You know, Jordy was longing for something. He's at the bar. Mm-hmm. You got anything stronger? Yeah. Will it help? No. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No. What, what are you looking in, in? What are you looking for when you see a guy? And she's like, I like bald men. Like, why would you? Why? And she's like, because a bald man rescued me when I was a child, and I'm attracted to them. And you're yep. not looking for someone to take care of you. And no, no, that's it. Just it just works out if you have to try. If you have to try, I think she just says, if you have to try, it's over. Mm. And then he forms that relationship with that, the the um, creator of the engines for the oh, Enterprise. Yeah. Yep. Doctor. They, 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 oh, boy. they have that moment where they Leah kiss. Leah Brahms. Mm-hmm. And they're. I don't know. Jeez, it's a total parallel. I can't believe you watched that <laughs> one and this Orville episode at the same time. Yeah, like I was about to say, am I stupid? Am I am I making that up? But 
Yeah, that was a really good episode, man. You're going to be pleasantly surprised uh, in a future episode about uh, something that went on in this one. So, Guinan, I just I I love Guinan. Everything she says is so truthful. It's, mm-hmm. The one thing that the one thing that confused me was her and Riker having that conversation trying to teach uh, Wesley, <laughs> teach Wesley how, how to flirt. To girl. Yeah, and and they're just going way too far. <laughs> they're just and, they're playing. The, they're pushing each other's buttons. Who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah, we right, really so we, do need we, to to progress here. If I could say, if you're uh, if you're watching the Orville, uh, if you didn't haven't seen it yet, Orville season two, episode eleven, lasting impressions is the name of the episode. It's gonna kick your heart. It's gonna kick your heart in the dick. Let's uh, let's do a let's do a simulcast next time we do simulcast. Let's oh, do that's an a Orville. Good idea. Let, let's let's pick an Orville and yeah. uh, that'll be a subscriber content. Subscriber content. Subscriber content. All right, what uh, we've got some comics to talk about. I got five. I think you got like six. Um, got? I got five. I got five comics. What do you want to start out with first? Um, I'm gonna gloss over Star Wars real quick because everybody knows I'm reading Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's one of those books that's coming out regularly, so it's not yeah. like you know every three not, weeks, pretty much, right? Dude, they're really on par here. Uh, they're really clicking along, getting this out there. Karen it always Gilliam. surprises me. Yeah. It's just, I think he's had this stuff written out for quite some time. And I would love to know what his, uh, what, I mean, what's the method? Just keep writing and writing and writing and, or what? Just get it out. That's amazing. Yeah. Content is king. Uh, king. Angel. Okay. You were going to butcher everybody's freaking names again. I'm sorry, everybody. I know, right? <laughs> it can't all be Clayton Cowles. Uh, but uh, that's going to be one of our new, that's going to be no. one of our catchphrases. They can't all be Clayton Cowles. It can't all be uh, Donnie let's, Cates. Um, let's, just, let's just say I'm like <laughs> some lame white guy substitute teacher a substitute reading the teacher? roster. Kieran Keir, Gillen, Angel Unzueta. Unzueta, the artist, yeah. <laughs> uh, specifically, like, I mean, the art was fascinating. This guy looked like a really... The guy at the beginning talking to the queen was, uh, uh, he kind of reminded me of General Chang from Star Trek VI. He had a vague, not entirely human appearance that looked really cool. Uh, he, the artwork throughout me... this is pretty nice. I love going back to that pseudo-trace mer- version, if that's what you want to call trace. it, yeah, of trace. looking at Han, Luke, and Leia. That's just that's I love it because it ties me into what they looked like in Empire Strikes Back, at least. And uh, I dig it, because Empire Strikes Back's... Leia's look in Empire Strikes Back is the thing that I always think of when I think of Leia. Um, I love that. I love the scene in the Falcon when you see like all ten, of, well, all ten of them just chilling, figuring it out. And there's that guy I told you about was the Metamorpho guy. Yep. That can change into everything. You were like, I can't remember the guy. I'm like, okay. And then, boom, here he is. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I can see why you wanted to talk about this quickly. This was like I read this in like five minutes. Man. I mean, it's like, it's this was it's a bridge. It's a bridge issue. It's a bridge. Yeah, issue good for good sure. term. Good term. It's, it's a uh, bridge issue. For sure. all, this is just part of the what six parter they're doing with uh, what what number is this? Yeah, part. This is part two. You know, this is going to be released in a trade paperback. It's setting it up. At least it's not a typical Marvel event comic where everybody's screaming. What's going on for like four or five issues before Captain America or somebody figures it out? 
This is after just... they get through some sh- shitty battle. Like we don't know yeah. what's going on. Let's all fight for three issues against each other before we totally. realize we gotta like bond together. No, no, yeah. this is this was great. We got shit to do. This bitch fucking pissed me the fuck off and betrayed me, and we gotta fuck her shit up. And that's why we're here because Leia is pissed. This is that's a rated whole R podcast. Point of this. Uh, no, we already, already we already changed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we shot the, I mean, basically, guys, if you're reading that, it's it's part of the story. It doesn't change too much. It's still entertaining. It's always going to be entertaining while Karen Gillian's working on it. Uh, is it Gillian or Jillian? Gillian. Okay, Gillian. Anyway. Wait, are, we, are we doing the, the white guy substitute guy? Kirion Gillian. <laughs> yeah. Here. Hey, Aaron. <laughs> hey, Aaron. <laughs> be nice. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that. I'm, uh, I don't have much else to say about that. I'll be looking forward to the, the rest of this story or rereading it all in one lump. Some uh, that I uh, get from J.G. Wentworth. Uh, all right, yeah, so we, you just read Guardians, going, right? You read Guardians yeah, a second ago. Yeah, but, but we, we have a lot to talk about that issue. Yeah. I want to talk about Wolverine, Infinity Watch number okay. two. Uh, uh, Jerry Gunn uh, and Andy McDonald, Jordy Belair did the uh, color. Oh wow, this was a steaming piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like, say stuff like, like that oh. while I'm sipping water. <laughs> okay, crap. so like the end of the world, the Wolverine has the Phoenix Force and the Infinity Gauntlet. These are two uh, things I could see happening by the end of the world could. if he survives that long. Though simultaneously, don't we all want to see Logan happen? I do. Carry on. All right, so uh, old Logan's drinking with old Thor, and oh. then young Logan is hanging out with Loki. There's some asshole uh, showing up trying to find the uh, time stone. It, it magically appeared in some some guy in jail. He's escaped. I mean, it's like me telling you oh, like yeah, this. Oh, yeah, I not, forgot about that. It's, it's not me telling it to you as if I half-hast read the book. That's how... It reads like what the hell is happening? Okay, so some guy in jail, he's got the time stone. Uh, Sinkatari guy shows up, and Wolverine's got this baseball bat with like time diamonds in it that stops. Oh, yeah, uh, and anyone from like manipulating time around him. And huh, Loki's manipulating things. It's it's this is this is an exercise in futility. It doesn't sound like there's anything cohesive happening. It's just is no. This an, is this a setup book like what we just talked about, or what? Well, like okay, so we've got those non-canon books that kick ass, like uh, Age of Ultron. And uh-huh, for sure. those that are not schooled, Age of Ultron came out about a year and a half before the actual Age of Ultron movie came out. Nothing to do with what happened in the movie. Too true. But but the Age of Ultron book was one of the best, like non-canon things that have happened in the Marvel Universe. I don't know why they didn't make it canon. This is one of those same things, except it's written really shittily, and it's, God, I, like, so written so bad, I have to say shittily. Who's and, writing it? Oh, let's go back to the first page. I, 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 the only thing I thought you'd like about it is it ends up with Darkhawk showing up in the uh, Ravagers, the, the Reavers showing up. The Raptors? Or the Raptors, yeah, the Raptors. <clears throat> the Raptors are... 
fascinating to me as they are a way to retcon the BS that came out of the last, I don't know, 10 issues of the original mainline Darkhawk book in the 90s. It got into some silly gangster, space gangster stuff, and then uh, talked about Null Space, where the armor comes from. I don't know if you guys know much about Darkhawk, but I mean, for a minute there, he really seemed like he could become a, an attempt at a replacement Spider-Man if Spider-Man was actually aging like we are. We'll get, we'll yeah. get to that in a bit. Yeah, that's a thing. But 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 even then, dude, Jer- Jerry Duggan did this, and it doesn't matter to me. Like this doesn't. This is dumb. Like wh- like, why are you even doing this? This is one of those things where like, I I paid four dollars for a book that doesn't matter. Like that, dude. We do me. it all the time. That that bothers me. Like it's yeah. not the four dollars. It's it's the. <laughs> You made it look cool. The the cover was gorgeous. You're doing the same lame thing where it's the the snicked coming out, but it's the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. And this is what you get. This is what you give me for my money. This is what I. It's not just the money. This is my time. I spent 20 minutes reading this, and this is what you give me. Is it that? Is it that the? uh, Is there an? Is there a full arc that this is part of? That might be a payoff, or or what, no, what do you think? You don't think no, this is going anywhere? I don't, I don't. No, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's one of those things where they they're trying to do a one off thing, and it's just it's a big piece of shit. But it's a one off thing. If they would just introduce things that were good, like Age of Ultron, that happened to be kick ass. But this is what they're trying to do, and it's 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 just not working. And I'm done talking about it. Okay. Are you, are you going to read any more of it at all? Uh, I ha- I have to. I'm already in issue two, <laughs> so I'm stuck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what do you got next? Um, got next? I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to skip over something new and just say I uh, I didn't get this when it was coming out, and I know that this is a little older now. This is a 2017 book, but I'm reading the Unworthy Thor, uh, which precedes. Huh? Is it good? You like it? Oh, oh! All of the unworthy Thor was amazing. Good, good. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, you know, this is one of those things. The other day, I was trying to get something done for work, and uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't hear where I was. There was this construction going on next door to me, and I was like, I can't, I can't think and do this. So I went to my public library, and I just saw it there, and I was like, I didn't ever read that before, and there it is. Boom! I'm gonna pick it up. So I, it, there it is, and uh, let's see, we got we got a book that's uh, that book is Jason all about Aaron. flashback scenes. Oh, yeah. Jason Aaron. Well, Jason Aaron's doing Thor right now. Yeah. Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron has done some of the best things ever. Yeah, Jason Aaron and uh, Oliver Copio. Copio. Yeah, C O I P E L, and then also uh, uh, Kim Jacinto and Oliver comes back in issue three. I gotta say, I really like the artwork. It makes it, 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 Oliver, it, it's timely for the circumstances. There's a certain grittiness to it. There's a certain frayed fabric edge to it. Uh, you know, Thor being unworthy because of the circumstances of. Uh, of uh what was it the uh the, the whole business with the orb after no it was, it was after that uh 
what was it? The thing with the when Watcher. The War, right? Yeah, the, the new Watcher who is Nick when, Fury currently. Well, um, uh, that book is all about the flashbacks. And before yeah. we get into the story, Copiel, in my opinion, uh, by the way, uh, if, uh, for the uneducated, Copiel is an African-American gentleman, which most people would never imagine as a uh, comic book artist. Mm-hmm. The guy is oh, gorgeous, and in in, in in his my in my opinion, his Thor is the definitive Thor. No kidding. Not, his, his his Thor is the definitive Thor. The way I would say that McFarlane's Spider Man is the definitive Spider Man. He's got a real John Sakata vibe going. If you uh, oh he, know who he, that he's is. got it. He's he's a gorgeous man, but that guy works his ass off. They've actually done a few action figures of of his version of Thor. He's got that wide wide face and that yeah. perfect cleft. That perfect yeah. cleft. This uh, Thor is super handsome he, and super built. He, he nailed it. He yeah. nailed it. In this my is opinion, Copiel's. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, Copiel's image of Thor is the definitive Thor. I, I I understand that. Yeah, I can totally. It, it, it has. Yeah, it's weighty. It's a. Uh, the movement feels so real. You know, the scowling, unhappy Thor looks super legit. We get Beta Ray Bill in here, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there's authentic emotion in a in a in a character like Beta Ray Bill, whose face is kind of stuck in one. That old uh, horse. Yeah, like an immobilized kind of aspect. He nevertheless is capable of emoting. And there's the honor that you see in Bill uh, when he offers the unworthy Thor Stormbreaker. So, I All mean, about honor. basically real quick. He said, no, not going to hand it. Let's do it. I can do it on my own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember that. Basically, my, one of my favorite things about this is when I remember... Uh, I remember reading the Uncanny Avengers, which is a title I really like. And um, you had the Kang, you know, Kang the Time Traveler. He had the Kang twins, and they were going around doing some awful stuff. And they had encountered an Asgardian weapon called Yarnbjorn, which is uh, a, a mystical axe. And then in flashbacks, we saw Thor being kind of a turd when he was much younger, and Yarnbjorn was the weapon that he used. And this is a god-slaying weapon. It can be used to kill Celestials. And yeah. uh, I don't remember... I would like to go back and reread Uncanny Avengers, because I've only done the given it the once one pass, and um, really get a feel for all of that stuff and how it's tied in now. I dig that Yarnbjorn is Thor's weapon in this, because he doesn't have the hammer anymore. He's unworthy of wielding it, and... It, simultaneously jane foster has the power of thor and she's thor at the time period in this book and um i think a lot of people are aware of that probably uh in fact i also picked up thor who holds the hammer and haven't been able to get into it yet but uh, i am enjoying this book and if you get the opportunity to uh check it out i say it's worthy and um i just got an organically good book yeah I just got to a part where the Black Order shows up, and I specifically Ooh, like Black the Order. Black Swan. I love the Black Swan as a character, and uh, I love the hero click of her because her power uh, at the end of the game is a real lifesaver. <laughs> if you if you know what I mean, hero clicks fans. Uh, in my opinion, the unworthy Thor had one specific. 
thing that happened in it that really resonated throughout the entire thing. Like, as if it's like, if you and I were writing a song and I said, okay, the, uh, you sit, I'm like, okay, I'm here to play your song. What key is it in? And you say it's in the key of G. Uh -huh. In my mind, the key that this unworthy Thor was, it was in the flashbacks. Okay. When he's there, he's there with that girl in bed. And when he, every time he picks up the hammer, the fear that he can't pick it up. Oh yeah. That is what really hammered that home to me was the fact that no matter what he was doing, no matter where he was, Every time he picked up Mjolnir or called for it, he was scared it wasn't going to come or was not going to react to him. Hammer and in the yeah, <laughs> but but like but all the flashbacks show his his uh, permutations, his 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 growing pains, and Jason Aaron really hammered that home. I mean, Jason Aaron, you can tell this guy has probably have like every issue of heavy metal ever. <laughs> like like Jason Aaron, he, he comes off to me as the type of guy. Like, there's been a ton of things he's he's done some Wolverine, he's done some. I think he's done some Punisher. I think, but uh, if it says Jason Aaron on it, I buy it. That's awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of that. that yeah, there's a lot of uh, writers and authors. I think that you and I are just like, nope. Hey, that guy's got a new book out. Let's 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 pick it up. Nick yeah, Spencer, in that Jason scene Aaron, in particular, yeah. Thor's looking a little Kazar, but that makes sense. It is a flashback. Anyway, what do you what do you what do you have next? All right, let's see what I got next. Let's let me pull up the old uh, iPad here. <laughs> Reading something digital. Yes, and why not? <laughs> uh, okay, let's uh, let's do farmhand. Farmhand number six. Uh, farmhand. Guys, if you're not schooled in Chew, uh, I've talked about this with you a few times, uh, Chew. Oh, yeah, uh, Chew. For, uh -huh. first, first appeared, I think it was the... God, it was the first episode where that preacher from The Walking Dead was like issue 65 or, or 64 or something like that, when uh -huh. they showed the preview for Chew in the back, which is apparently the official version of first appearance of Chew when you get the first five pages. Uh, but uh, Rob Gilroy was the artist on Chew, and he's doing this thing called Farmhand. And it, it's it's been about a year and a half since they announced it, and now we're on issue six. Uh, he just he just got off his sabbatical after he did the first uh, he did the first five. And Gilroy, this guy okay, so huh. basically basically what happens is this this gentleman comes home, his dad has some mystical seed within his farm that is able for him that allows him to grow human being parts. Ooh, cool. All right. But well, I don't think we've ever talked about this book at all, even just not even during the podcast or anything. This is cool. Yeah. They're, they're all like, you can grow like eyeballs, arms, and there's all these different types of plants that he's growing that are helping actual human beings they're doing like actual like uh you know your arm's been removed or cut off mm -hmm. they'll grow they'll grow you another one but it's plant-based and it's 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 supernatural because this thing came out of the sky for for this gentleman's dad but the dad is basically 
uh, Steve Jobs. All of a sudden, like, I hate <laughs> you, Dad. I'm, I'm out of here. He takes off and comes back, and his dad has this multi-billion dollar company. And he's a writer. He's got some anger problems. He's got some alcohol problems. And Gilroy, he peppers everything with all these, like, Gilroy is one of those things where why I hate reading Walking Dead because I can read Walking Dead in five minutes. But Gilroy, it'll take me 30, 45 minutes to read an issue of anything he ever does because he peppers it with all these great little little Easter eggs to everything. He's, he, the, he, he comes off really comical, whimsical from his style, but his, his coloring style, it forms everything just perfect. Mm-hmm. You can slowly move through the episode and not realize you're you're going through an episode or an issue. Then you see all these nice little things, and you're like, "Wait a minute, that's the end! Son of a bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> like 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 you you were in it. You were you were he he will hook you like that. It's twenty thirty minutes. You're reading the book, and all of a sudden it ends, and you gotta wait for the next one. Okay, that's fine. But with Walking Dead, okay, yeah, okay. I've got 10, 15, okay, pop, 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 pop. You're, you're turning the pages. With uh-huh. this one, you get so engrossed, like, damn it. <laughs> uh, I, You know, I mean, way back, uh, that's one of my old buddies. Was like, that's why I'm not reading it, Walking Dead, issue after issue. I'm waiting for the trade to come out because he was just flying through them. What could he say? I'm looking, uh, by the way, I'm looking at Farmhand, Volume 1 trade paperback on uh, the image comics website and uh it is only 12.99 that is a great price oh, uh, oh this was one of those ones where i knew you weren't gonna buy it if i told you to so i've got another one for you <laughs> <laughs> thanks yeah, thank you I, I've, I've got an issue one of this for you do you have but... a uh do you have uh rob gilroy's farmhand harvest and accompanying soundtrack from oh i'm sorry that's the title of the uh article uh yeah they've done a soundtrack for this comic have you seen that yeah yeah they're doing that lately on soundcloud there's a kick-ass comic called weatherman i cannot wait for the next issue to come out really it's probably gonna be about another month but they've done uh remember i sent you and sheila that that uh synthwave playlist like three months ago yeah absolutely that was the soundtrack for for the weatherman and 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 Issue five in it, like I think it's been like three, three months or four months since. Okay, we're waiting for the for the next for the next flight of it, but their version of like, I like it just made me really happy because remember the last time I saw a soundtrack or something was, was Spawn, which was one of the best CDs that's ever come out, but before that was um, Joseph Michael Lisner had an actual CD to come oh, out yeah. for a company for for Cry for Dawn, not Cry for Dawn, uh, Three Tears. For three, three tears, tears. love for three that tears. Book. For three tears, there's an actual soundtrack for that. Like you could actually bought that at the at the comic store. Unfortunately, I didn't have the money to buy the goddamn CD. <laughs> Dude, but uh... it, it's out there. But I did get my three tears. No, 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 not three tears. Lucifer's Halo. Three three tears Is came out after I met you. Yeah, it was for Lu- Lucifer's Halo. Was what I was reading when you met me. I remember that. That I'm never gonna not yeah. know that. Yeah, but uh, that yeah, it was for Lucifer's Halo. I'm sorry, not at all. Uh, I'm fascinated. I want to see. I mean, metal art. I'm looking. You say so. You say there's a soundtrack for Lucifer's Halo or for Three Tears. Lucifer's Halo. Three Tears came out in like no, I want to say 2010. Hmm. Yeah, my uh, my uh, my girlfriend 
she got me that J. Michael Linsner book for Christmas uh, that is mind-blowing. Um, she she had a very hard time finding it. And then some a-hole may have picked it up off of her... Uh, she had to order it. And some a-hole may have picked it up off of her uh, uh, stoop. And um, I think she ordered another one. I can't remember the entirety of that story. I'll have to ask her. Uh, it was... I mean, we've poured over that thing. She's a, as into that artwork as I am, and it was just something else. Um, but yeah, farmhand guys, interesting. I want to yeah, see farmhand. Where, I, I'd be interested to hear more about where this goes. Uh, it makes me think of. Um, are you familiar with Casern, the robot hunter? No, but but this one is all mystery. This is like yeah. okay, so it's it's all through the point of like the the sun who is the heir to this wonderful world of plant genetics. But the dad is hiding a lot of shit. Oh, There's he looks like he has hiding. But at the same time, though, he's like, yeah, everyone's, they're, they're putting on uh, this issue six. So like, yeah, they're putting on this facade. Like, yeah, we've got everything under control. Also, we don't want you to know that there's a lot of shit that's happening outside of our, of, out of our, our town because we basically poisoned the water mm. and, and beasts and plants are reacting to what we're doing, and we can't control it. Mm. Mm. Makes sense. But it's Rob Gilroy. It's yeah. Rob Gilroy. Like, I remember reading his, like, intro in, like, one of the previews. Like, he, it, it, it was his – this is his passion of labor and, and heart. This is something he's been working on for a really long time. And it's – I – I, I, I love spending my three dollars on it. <laughs> awesome, man! Uh, I, I I really hope that my three dollars and us talking about it puts more money in his pocket so he can keep doing kick-ass comic books. Yeah, I mean, is this something that you see any back issues floating around on the uh, not exactly current racks? Is this something people are going to be able to find issues of, or is this something they should look for in trade? Uh, this is going to be something that if you did not buy it when it came out and it was on the shelf or you subscribed, you're not going to find it and just find yeah. it on trade. Because this is, this is one of those low print things, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's not good. No, I'm of just course saying, not. I'm just saying that it's one of those things where people in the know had it on the list. Mm. They might've had two or three extra. Because, uh, man, uh, George was telling me, like, man, Diamond makes you order a shitload of things. Of course they just do. To even, just to even get, like, a few of them. Like, uh, remember when I got, like, when I went to go get the goon and... Uh, oh, yeah. Like, I, we, we go, I, I showed up, like, hey, uh, the new girl said she put the goon in, in my box. And she he's like, uh, we didn't get the goon this week. I'm like, but she said she put it in my box. <laughs> and but, he's but, like, but. she's... She's she's new. She doesn't know to have it in hand while you're on the phone because they call me use all the time. I need this comic right away. Hold on. Like they always say, George and Man, let me make sure it's in hand before I put it in your box and tell you I've got it. Yeah. Well, that's... she didn't do that, and I was like, listen, like I'm panicking because we want to have this on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I've got some extra boxes. Hold on, let me check real quick. And he like opens up a few of the boxes. And it reminded me of that time I was working with you at Speeding Bullet that one day, uh-huh. and we're we're unwrapping stuff from Diamond, and like they, they don't give a 
fuck what happens to anything in the box. It's printed. They don't give a shit. Like, I had a conversation sad. about that with uh, my man Mark the other day, too. Yeah. It was sad. All of their goon... He opened it up. I'm hoping there's a couple in here. George was being cool. Like, mm-hmm. uh, they, they had a big magic tournament going on. He was being cool because he knew I wanted my fucking goon comic book. And he opens it up, and he's got, like, six of them. And four of them are all fucked up. And he's like, oh, let me give you these two. I'm like, because I, I bought one for my friend Chad, who is a good buddy of mine that loves everything Eric Powell does. And he's he's trying to hand me the ones that are is not as damaged. I'm like, no, dude, give me the ones that are fucked up. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, dude, you're not going to sell those ones. This is me not treating me a good guy. Like, I'm going to read this and put it in a box. Yeah. Keep, keep the good ones. And then I, I told Chad the same thing. He's like, dude, I don't care. Just want to. Good. Man, I mean, I'll, I'll buy a lot of Silver Age stuff that's probably graded, you know, in the twos and fives and stuff like that, mainly just because I want to read it. Uh, I, I've got a handful of really great quality stuff that's a major, major, you know, key issues and stuff like that, that, you know, yeah, yeah, I spent money on that, but, you know, it's gone through the roof ever since, and, you know, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I've got what did I got? I got that. I got all those Matrix comics too, and I, I got I bought one that was in specifically messed up, just to get it off of my my guy's shelf, you know. You, yeah, you, you know, gave you, can do somebody you, you a gave solid that to me again. That, that that's a that's a prize on my shelf. You gave that to me. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I got I got the second Matrix book at Speeding uh, Speeding Bullet for like five dollars because it was like their binding process was like all fucked up, and then yeah, you gave yeah. me the. You gave me the first one, mm-hmm. but but man, Matt Price hooked the fuck up with that one. But let's go ahead and do it. Let's let's just pull the trigger. Let's talk about Spider Man Life Story. Okay, one in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw this solicited, uh, you know, a while ago, and I could not wait to see this because it's been one of my major complaints for fifteen years or something of comics reading that when I. I quit reading comics for a while, and when I came back to it and Spidey was my guy, I'm looking at it and I'm going, how old is he supposed to be? This doesn't make any sense. Like, what are we doing? You know, there's this giant Spider-Man continuity that got totally thrown out the window a few times. And then there's, of course... uh, what like uh you know you've got the the one more day situation and then you've got the devil make you know taking everybody's memory away after spidey had revealed his secret identity because he was you know preceding civil war and all of that stuff and now it's just this mess which is why i i pitched a fit when uh Superior Spider-Man got started because i was just like this is just more messing with this guy that i cherish you know yes. what? He's not ours, people. Yeah, you're you're paying you for a there. Spider-Man story. To me, at a certain point, I realized I'm going to get more out of paying for back issues of Spider-Man from the 80s, from the 70s, from the 60s. I'm going to get a lot out of Marvel Masterworks. I'm going to get a lot out of, like, here's the John Romita Sr. collection or something like that, or I don't know, you know, and... It, or going back and rereading the stuff that I had issues of from like 1991. It's been hard for me to want to read Spider-Man 
for a while. But I'm doing it right now because I'm interested in seeing what they're going to do with Craven. We made a point of that in the last uh, episode. Ooh, ooh, so I can't wait. The point that I'm getting at is that Chip Zdarsky, and it's nice to see Mark Bagley back on Spider-Man after his legendary, what, 150-plus issue? Ultimate Spider-Man on, ulti- on Ultimate Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm excited for this because this book is... Is this a six-parter? I don't recall. Uh Spider-Man in the 60s in issue one. Spider-Man 19, in the 70s. 1966. Yeah. 1966. It's just, a hand, it's just three years after he got bit by the spider. What's happened? Which picks up right there where he's, you know, doing college stuff. And uh, he's out of high school. And the next issue will be in the 70s. And the issue after that will be in the 80s. And then hopefully the 90s. And then blah, blah, blah. It just carries on. And Spider-Man and all of his friends, all of his amazing friends will age and progress as they should for the duration of the book. So he'll be 40, he'll be 50, he'll be 60. I remember reading Marvel Knight Spider-Man in 2008 and seeing that he was at his 10-year high school reunion and going, the hell is this? And then, of course, always wondering, you know, they had a baby. Peter and Mary Jane had a baby at some point, and it got whisked away. It's like, isn't it Latveria somewhere now? It's probably in an alternate reality. It's never existed, which always Penny sucked. Parker. Because I, yeah, which sucked because I thought that was going to be May Parker from Spider-Girl. That was a kick-ass digest-sized book in the, what, 2005, 2004? I love, any, I love anything digest-sized. I will always buy a Jughead, a Jughead or Archie <laughs> anything if, I, if I've got a couple extra bucks. But, uh, yeah, for real. Well, how I, do you, like I say, Matt, how Mark do, Bagley, why, why didn't you like this? You didn't like this book. I liked it. Well, what did you, why didn't well, you like it? Well, let's decide how we're going to do this. Am I going <laughs> to tell you why I hate it? and why I should like it, or you're going to tell me why I should like it and why I should hate it. No, let's end on a high note. Uh, I'll take the high road, as I do. <laughs> you start, right. and I will I will, I will, will debate it. Okay, go crazy. All right, we're, we're going to debate. Let me bring up my notes here. Okay, so... <laughs> Spider-Man, he's confused. Should I get drafted? Should I join in... Oh, it's Vietnam, guys. Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the party. Flash is all jazzed to go fight, and they're they're discussing how the Captain America's over there. He's kicking some ass, and or he might no, he might go there. That, yeah. that happened at the end. Iron but, Man's there. Yeah, but they retconned way too much shit in this for me to actually enjoy. It really bothered me. Uh, Harry pulls up, and it's not him driving. It's it's Norman driving the car. And they go to the Flash's party. He's about to demarcate. And and Norman's like, hey, I know who you are. I've got all these pumpkin bombs around this place. Shut the fuck up or everyone's going to die. And they have a little bit of a knockdown drag Keep out. Going. Keep going. They've got a little bit of a knockdown drag out. And Norman gets his head hurt. Parker takes him to the hospital. He doesn't remember he's the Green Goblin anymore. And but they're showing how Captain America is is in Vietnam. There, there's a lot of things that really bother me. Okay, so getting drafted, like you can't just mention that. This is something that is a good thing about the comic book, but it's also one of those things that you have to have actually gone to school to understand this sort of thing. And I don't mean high school. 
that at this time, yeah, you're getting drafted. You, you're, you're, you run the risk of this. But you also have to know that if you weren't going to college, you didn't have to worry about getting drafted. And they had a lot of little, like a little bit of a throwback uh, hippie, you know, slang like "I'm Fab and you're a fox." <laughs> like, oh, they did that all the time in this book. Yeah, and and like, why don't you get yourself a monkey's record, like? <laughs> Dude, come on! Uh, How's that not funny and cute? But but at the same time, though, th- th- this makes me think about if I was. If I was able to talk to an ex-girlfriend, I really wanted to say I was sorry to. What it's the it's book? a the whole thing. It made me think of like like okay, this is Parker's story. We're trying to rewrite something and say sorry. They've got that thing with Gwen. Gwen is yeah. not putting up with the bullshit, but yeah. he's still saying he's sorry. It, it it if it makes me think is if someone woke up out of a coma after getting a really bad like car accident twenty years later and has to say sorry. Or, or, or even just like had this wonderful superhero life and then has to say he's sorry. This was a lot of retcon. I'm sorry. Huh. All right. I didn't get that from that. And I don't know if I just didn't read him saying I'm well there. I turned to a page and then pow, he said, I'm sorry. I just didn't see that aspect of it. I was too excited in this world that we're not paying attention to any longer and I was too excited seeing a situation that most millennials can't wrap their heads around. Let alone get a goddamn job, let alone have to worry about getting fucking drafted. <laughs> Man, I mean, say what you want about, like, drafting, uh, drafts. I mean, I remember talking to an elderly man in an airport who was saying, you know, this stuff with the, you know, the things that they're complaining about. This was an elderly man who had been in World War II and was like, we're not, you know, we're we're complaining about how many people we're losing, which is not to say I don't value American soldiers' lives. But uh, we're we're complaining about these numbers of casualties we're taking right now. And this is nothing compared to what, we've been through it's just how much are we responding to it this is i mean and we're talking about this is vietnam you know this is vietnam you can say a lot about world war ii you got to say something completely different i think about vietnam uh i guess the thing i don't understand is why we have this little end story about cap in 1967 oh, that that put me on edge because i'm like okay so that means the frank's there yeah totally frank the, miller or not frank miller sorry frank castle will be there and frank's uh, gotta be there but and also but nuke nuke and cap is fighting for the fucking uh, charlie mm. but he's defending he's defending the right people these people are innocent get the hell out you're 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 American soldiers. You're about yeah, to kill innocent people. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, these guys were uh, maybe not. These soldiers in this incident were maybe not looking into uh, doing something any more than what was uh, personally immediate. If that makes any sense, um, they're basically going to gun down some people who were non-combatants. I think, and. Uh, 
But it just it doesn't have. I mean, that's that that was a scary reality in Vietnam. Uh, not that I was there, but um, I just don't know why they tacked that on to the end of that. Unless they're going to be doing a Captain America through the ages, uh, you know, two page story at the end of each of these. Or, I mean, geez, I'd love to see Cap through the ages just as well. But technically, we can be reading that from the 60s to now. Because he's more or less immortal, right? Yeah, but they, they, they did too much retcon. All of a sudden, like, Norman knows who he is at a bar the same night that, that Flash stuff is demarcating. Yeah, but even then, I, I don't... They they focused on the wrong things to me. Like huh. I feel like this was a labor of love that they focused on the wrong things, and I, I'm glad they did it. I still enjoyed reading it, but uh, I had are, a problem with it. Are we? You know what? What I'm having an issue with right here is not knowing off the top of my head what issue it is where Flash Thompson was leaving to join the service because. Some of this sequence looks like it's in Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man numbers fifty or forty-nine and fifty. Um, so I don't, I don't know how much of it is a retcon, but I mean, I immediately went and pulled my John Romita Senior collection, uh, and I was like, well, let's look at this, and I do have Love that uh, Norman dropping Harry off, and I do have them going to get-togethers and stuff, and really. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, I but don't. Was Norman driving the car? Was he driving the convertible? Yeah, like totally. The... Yeah, look at this. I'm gonna flash this shot at you. I mean, pal, look at that. That's where it came from. Yeah, I, I think that's that these... literally the same I... angle that they 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 did the they did yeah. that scene with Harry. And then Peter is immediately in the lab, and he's he's got Gwen there, but uh, they're not getting into any. Um antithesis or whatever you want they're not getting any uh anxious with one another um i don't know i mean i'm not gonna say i don't uh i'm not gonna completely say that they chopped up all of this stuff when it comes to their continuity but um this doesn't feel like it's a side story it is and I, I don't know if this is supposed to be a panel for panel of uh the issue where flash is going away but um, I feel like they tried to t tried to pack in like two or three issues worth of content into one book, and I felt like I was there, and I was happy to be there because the whole time I read it, I felt like it was special. And now I kind of want to read it, it again. It was special. To it feel was special. What you're feeling? I want to. I want to see that. It was special. But while you were enjoying the drinks, while everyone's enjoying their Coca Colas and their malt shakes at, at, at this. <laughs> At this flash party with with Norman, I'm in the corner chewing on a toothpick, getting pissed I can't smoke inside, and <laughs> what? This is a interesting and, metaphor. And and, and 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 watching this go down, I'm like, listen, I'm not happy about anything that's going on here. I don't like that Norman is uh, accosting Parker at the bar. I don't like the fact. Oh, that... why wouldn't he? At the bar, dude, he is the goblin. Yeah, but but he's better than that. Not at the bar. Oh, dude, come on. He's got pumpkin bombs in strategic locales, you know? I mean, he's he's got a plan. This I'm is surprised. classic, classic Norman. I'm going to go in, and I'm going to get you where you live. In the heart. In the, in the heart. heart. 
You know, you know I, I'm going to blow I'm up your friends. I'm, I'm going to blow meteorite. everything up. I'm going to kill everybody. There are I'm jack-o'-lanterns all over the place. Go outside where we can talk. And you're not talking to Norman. You're talking to me in my mask. Yeah. Would you like to see my mask? Which is a totally different character. I don't know, dude. I, I am super enthused about this title. Whether but whether I ever see what it is you're talking about, I, I do see the uh, apologies in a few spots. Um, I liked that despite the fact that Flash should always be the guy that owes Peter an apology, Peter still apologized to Flash, now I think of it. In so saying, you know, hey, look, I mean, I'm, I'm, I wasn't, I wasn't in my best head all the time back then. You know, we've got to, we've got to learn to be with one another. We've got to learn to be able to be friends and, and it worked, it works, you know, I think one of my favorite things is when Flash decides to treat Peter reasonably. And then I still, I, you know, you say what you want to Anybody well, the best who, parts of the who cares, but like in the Amazing Spider-Man one and two, I adore when uh, Flash picks Flash. on Peter in that last moment of Amazing Spider-Man. Hey, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, like that that look on his face. Yeah. Hey, nice, nice shirt. Yeah, he's like, rad. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, "You're coming along, Peter." You know, I just love that moment because I'm like, I want to see them be buddies. Oh, that 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 was one of my favorite parts about Amazing Spider-Man. Hey, I just wanted to tell you I'm sorry about what happened to your oh, dude. to your uncle. Yeah, that like, was something. Holy shit! Like, okay, that that's different. That's what real people do, and that's something yeah. that 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 gets peppered into your life starting in high school, and someone really like starts really forming their own fucking thoughts. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, he might have been a bully, but he just wanted to tell parker i'm sorry yeah give him a little civility yeah what do you, with, what do you with, think with I mean, no provocation <clears throat> no provocation he literally thought about it i want to talk to this guy yeah. tomorrow that i've been picking on and that probably has no desire to talk to me that i want to tell him i am sorry what happened to his uncle mm-hmm. even if he doesn't want to talk to me Sure. That is something else. That is when you start getting peppered of being a human being and making your own fucking thoughts. Yeah, you know, I mean, I gotta say, I've got a whole thing about bully characters. You know, I'm a huge dude. I, I, maybe it's maybe it's the obvious thing to say right now with how popular it is, but I I felt I just love Johnny from the Karate Kid because he has the biggest hurdles to get over in the movie uh he's got to stop being a prick daniel is kind of a whiny teenager and he has that hurdle to get over but johnny has hardwired la hills house even if he is in encino i mean like he's up in the hills yeah. i mean he's got you know pseudo rich we didn't really know what it was, but it was obvious that it's country club type of people, you know, upper, yeah. upper middle class or upper class. We I don't know. But, you know, that is was the thing. Looking at that movie, Johnny is the guy that has the farthest to go. And when he says, you're all right, LaRusso, good job, handing him the trophy, that 
in and of itself is, I think, one of the best aspects of the Karate Kid. Because I like it when the guy, when the bad guy in the story comes around. Uh, have you seen Star Trek Nemesis, the tenth Star Trek movie? I have not. Uh, okay. Jeremy's been telling me the like, one, hold yeah. off to finish finish Next Generation. I've got four movies, but yeah. Nemesis is the last one. Tom Hardy portraying the villain in that movie. I Tom really, Hardy's in that? Hell yes, Tom Hardy's in that. Uh, I really, really wanted to see a different result to the end of that movie. Uh, you'll know it when you get there, and we'll talk about it. We will talk about it for everybody. Um, yeah, and Flash. The whole point of this is that I'm getting that, that Flash, in particular, I love that he came around and he became a fixture in Peter's life, and uh, man, I remember seeing an issue where Peter or where Flash and like Felicia Hardy were dating, and I was like, "Well, that's a hot, that's that's hot, I, you know, that'd be something to watch." Anyway, whatever. Uh, so you know, yeah, you're not into you're, it. You're gonna get the rest of them, or what? Oh hell yeah! But what do you think? I mean, like, uh, you need to step off of the end scene sixty-seven with. Cap, what did you think of that? I mean, Hank, if anybody's going to be trying to make sure that Americans are shooting the right people, it's going to be Cap, you know? I mean, Iron Man would technically have just had shrapnel blasted into his heart. And it makes sense that he would be there trying to do something about the circumstances and save the lives of servicemen and uh, as as quaff by the fabulous Robert Denny Jr. I want to I want to protect the people I've put in harm's way and it makes sense to see that wonderful shot of Iron Man being there because it's a it's an excellent element and it's a a callback and if anybody's going to be making sure we're shooting the right people it's going to be Cap so. I dig that scene, but I also wonder, like, why why are we doing that? Like, I'd rather see Cap through the ages doing that in his own book, and we can really explore those things. But I like the fact that Cap and, and uh, Spidey had a moment together in the book before he went overseas. That that was a fun little scene, but at the same time, though, it just popped in there. It just popped in there. I, I, I'm not finding a you didn't good like the structure. I don't like it. There's no good structure to this book to me. Well, they're it's like I said, they're packing like three or four issues into one. There's only well, so much a, page count. Then do a whole goddamn long ass thing and make us pay for a, a hardbound. If they want to do something like that, some uh, passion project that they have to really, we have to really invest in, then then do it in a big graphic novel and make us pay extra for it. I don't give a shit if it's that good. <laughs> if it's that good, I'll give you my money. Not everything can be a Thanos hardback. Uh, I mean, but look at that. I mean, it's still a vehicle for the point of the story that Cap tells Spidey, you know, you have to go by, you have to, you have to be responsible. And so what does he do? But he leads them to the Green Goblin. I mean, whether he remembers being the Goblin or not, Norman needs treatment. 
Okay, because oh, yeah. it's a ticking time bomb. He he needs a therapist or at least a guy, a, a good like doorman. Like, hey, Mister Mister Osborne, <laughs> oh, how man. you doing today? <laughs> I can't believe that doorman made it through three freaking Spider-Man movies. Isn't it as astonishing <laughs> to me what kind of random street performer or side character or background character uh, that? Uh, the Raimis want to jam into anything, you know? Was it Ted or was it Sam? It was Sam Raimi, wasn't it? Oh my gosh. It was Ted. It was Ted Raimi. <laughs> yeah, Ted, Ted's the brother of the one's like, we should call him Doc Ock. No, yeah, terrible. I love that. that. He was great. He was <laughs> a guy that needed terrible. to be in each movie. And of course, getting killed by Darkman. And, uh... Killed by Darkman driving Ash's car, by the way. Thank yeah. you so much. I will say, though, that, like... Ted, when he performs in any movie, oftentimes, unfortunately, comes off like a dweeb. But that guy is <laughs> slick as shit in real life. I ran into him at a uh, uh, con one time, and um, I had a buddy that really wanted his autograph who couldn't make it. And I just, you know, I found him on the way out. And I was like, hey, do you mind? And he was like, yeah, it's the only one. It's like, okay, no, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a turd. I probably should have gone to the signing table. I didn't know it until the last minute. And... uh he was a slick dude. He was a joxer. My buddy wanted a joxer glossy <laughs> I loved, signed. I I love that they cast him. I love that they cast him in Candyman as the the jock like bad boy at the beginning when they're telling the <laughs> the, the, the the story about how yeah, this girl was like babysitting and she's cheating on her boyfriend and she brings this like motorcycle guy over and it's it's Raimi. <laughs> and and, and and he he gets the he gets the four Candymans, and the fact that he got the four Candymans means that she's all pretty hot for him because no one's ever got past three. And oh. then his hair, and then she finishes it off. Candyman kills her off, and uh, his hair turns white, and that's all you see <laughs> in this movie. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think I've seen. I think I've seen the first one. I'll take my Tony Todd as Kern from uh, Next Generation. Uh, uh, oh, 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 oh. Uh, I didn't mean to mention this to you because uh, you are a big fan and you've met this guy and are friends with him before he died. The guy that played Jaws from... Um, oh, Richard Kale? Yeah. You know he was the original person they cast as the Incredible Hulk in the television show? I'm not sure I did know that. They they cast him. I was listening to uh, you know my hero Y two J Chris Jericho interview with Lou Ferrigno, and Lou Ferrigno was oh, like, yeah, they they Lou, actually man. they had him they had him cast first, and it just wasn't working. And they yeah. brought me in, and they brought me in afterwards. Uh huh. But like, well, that's pretty much the whole story. I just wanted was to tell Arnold you. Arnold in the I, running. Oh no no the the no. the thing about Lou Ferrigno and that that sucks is that you can't say Lou Ferrigno without saying the Incredible Hulk or Arnold because those are all the shadows he lives in. Because he couldn't well, be Arnold in, in Mr. Olympia. Uh, Arnold was always his his big uh, adversary. And then he was, of course, the Incredible Hulk as a lark. The way that uh, uh, Shatner said, I can't remember what interview he was. I think it was in The Simpsons or something like that. And he's like, I did this as a lark. No, it was Saturday Night Live. It was mm -hmm. Saturday Night Live, mm -hmm. and like where he was like oh, he was the doing get a the, life the, the, comment. Yeah, that that's he's like famous. How how many of you guys have ever kissed a girl? And 
And everyone's so like, like looking John down. John Lovitz. <laughs> Lovitz, Lovitz. Oh he's looking down all sad. Awesome in that. <laughs> Man, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not buddies with Richard Kale. I... When we were when I was working in the uh the Star Trek auction, we were selling uh costumes at one of the Las Vegas creation conventions and um he was there signing. I got a really great picture of him, his giant hands on my head, then he's getting ready to bite my head. I think that was kind of his go-to, you know. Everybody wanted that that picture. I think it was on my MySpace uh years and years ago and I may have put it over on my facebook i don't know you know what i'll i'll see if i can dig it up we should repost it well anyway i just wanted to tell you about that because i know you love jaws and i know you like oh, yeah. you were you were you were he was a sweetheart oh my gosh yeah he was a sweetheart lou ferrigno was there too at that one and dude if you guys haven't met lou ferrigno if you've been to cons and you've just been like oh there's the incredible hulk and you've never gone and shook his hand and met him nicest freaking guy so happy to see you never never so happy to see your kids so happy to see everybody i've never seen him frustrated or upset and and watch i love you man because his his you know we're talking about seth mcfarland stuff if you saw ted and has sam sam uh sam j jones as flash gordon there's this like rash of these movies that have come out and uh, the whole Lou Ferrigno thing in um, I Love You, Man, so good. Oh, my gosh. Now that makes me think. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd and I Love You, Man, who went on to be I, Ant-Man. I, I, I knew The Paul Incredible Rudd. Hulk before. No, it's too much. It's too much. I'm going to shut I up hate on Paul that Rudd. I hate Paul Rudd because Alicia Silverstone was my girl. Oh, well, you know. They didn't get married. <laughs> She's still out there. Second Who's off, got a better career? Second off, Lou Ferrigno. Uh, when I was a child, I had oh, devastating, man. hardcore nightmares about The Incredible Hulk. I remember watching Saturday, uh, Saturday morning television, and they'd be finishing a cartoon or it'd be a cartoon or interval for commercial. And they'd hey, coming up next, The Incredible Hulk. It scared the living goddamn dog shit out of me because it didn't mean that, that The Incredible Hulk was coming up next. That meant that Lou Ferrigno was in town looking for me. <laughs> that was how scared I was. I remember, like, I remember that's... seeing that commercial, and I got scared. I went, to, I, I ran up to my room, and I dig my head under my pillow, and I fell asleep. And I had this awful, epic dream that the Incredible Hulk was like, you know, two stories tall, just punching into people's houses, looking for me. And he punched into my room, and he grabbed me, and I woke up. And yeah, like yeah, it wasn't good with the Hulk for a while. <laughs> yeah, I would always hide behind my dad's chair. That transformation scene was inhuman. It was terrifying. Dun dun, dun dun dun. It's just, and I think it was mainly seeing uh, Bill Bixby's eyes with the lenses over him. It's like this is just not right. I I don't know. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that stuff was scary. This is nothing. It's nothing like what we uh, see now in the Marvel movies with uh, the the Hulk, where it's I don't know what's scary about the Hulk in the Marvel movies, but uh, yeah. Anyway, all right. What else we got? You did you read Guardians, oh. right? Yeah, I read Guardians. I Guardians, read Guardians of the Galaxy, issue number three. 
or issue 153 if you're uh, playing home version. Uh, Donnie Cates, I, I, Jeff Shaw. I love that. Yeah, great. Kick ass. Yeah, I mean, uh, good, good bridge, good bridge issue. This was one of those issues where it hits you in the fucking gut if you're avoiding something and drinking too much. <laughs> what with Eros and uh, or Star Fox talking to Thanos, or are you talking about? Um... Uh, Literally, Peter Quill like, and same, everybody same polarity. else. Yeah, it was all same over the polarity. Place. Yeah, I was not rot. in an emotional state while I was reading this one. I was just excited to see uh, um, Annihilus. Annihilus. Oh my gosh, Ooh, that was nice. That was real nice getting to see him. I like seeing Halo wandering around, getting people to do things. I like. Uh, Black uh, Order, all of it. Yeah, I like seeing... every every character in this was great. Yeah. Hella, Hella, just being that, like, hey, guess what? You're not gonna die unless I tell you to. Yeah. <laughs> or I can tell you who's gonna kill you, but you're not gonna like it. Or I can just finish her off right here. Like the art was phenomenal. It read perfectly. It really is good. It really is great. But who's uh, the one thing that like really threw me off was uh, Wraith. I know Wraith. I've seen him before. How like he's the one that shows up out of nowhere. Oh right. I'm known. You know as I Wraith. wondered about Born that. Free made more. It. Let's look into it. Made more. Let me find out. It, like what, what he says specifically. I cannot die. I did not tire. I do not tire. I do not feel pain. I wish you no true harm, Nova. You are a means to an end. But Richard, man, like, can you imagine flying around the galaxy like that after this huge catastrophe and you're trying to find some sort of solace and everyone is trying to kill you? <laughs> yeah. And they, oh, yeah, they cut sure. Him, they, wow. they cut him off. They cut him off from the Nova Corps. And he's still, fuck you, I'm out of here. Like <laughs> I got to do what I got to do. And I'm not telling you why I'm doing it. I don't have to tell you why I'm doing it. And I'm not gonna. You You know, I have, I have read all of the annihilation books. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, Oh man, is it? Yeah. I've read all of those books and I don't off the top of my head, remember this guy very well, this Wraith. Um, the final gauntlet too. He's in the final gauntlet. Oh, that's the. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. That's the. Uh, <laughs> that's the um, subtitle of the Guardians books. We're in issue three of six right now. The final gauntlet. It'll never be the final gauntlet as long as uh, the Infinity Stones last. It will never be done with this Infinity stuff. They've got to uh, do something different. Tiresome. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm. I'm compelled tiresome. because this is a character-driven story. But, I mean, there are other things in the universe to be interested in and excited about beyond Infinity Stones. One of my favorite things that happened in a while was a few years ago when uh, New Avengers Illuminati, Captain America had the Infinity Gauntlet. They all went into the other universe to try to destroy the planet that was going to collide with ours. And uh, Cap tried to use the Infinity Stones. And it didn't work, and they all shattered, except for the Time Stone, which disappeared, because you can't use our stones in another universe. 
and you can't use their stones and ours. And uh, they're either inert or something doesn't happen or whatever. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, as was depicted very well in this most recent Infinity War book. But um, I loved that the Infinity Stones were gone. Just gone. And uh, find, find and, your own place of these stones. I'm just Don't like there's, there doesn't always have to be some fantastic super weapon to find. I mean, no. I love that Annihilation has mainly to do with it's a giant invasion. It's a gigantic invasion. I love when the Cancerverse has something to do with things. You know, when you've got the Magus and you've got uh, the Revengers. That was oh, legit. The the, oh the man. When Shumagorath is around. I mean, there's other stuff in space to get excited about. So hopefully War of the Realms, which is well advertised, uh, and also another Jason Aaron book. Um, I, I hope that's going to be totally legit and not an Infinity Stone to be seen in any direction. But while we have an Infinity book or an Infinity movie coming out uh, a day before my birthday next month, uh, I guarantee we're going to keep having Infinity stuff at least until 2021, I'm guessing. Well, whatever happens, as long as Jason Aaron just keeps kicking ass, uh, he's been kicking ass on Thor. Mm-hmm. Man. I've, I've, been love, I've been in love with Jason Aaron's work since 2010. I mean, that, like he's one of the names that's like up there since 20, 2007 when I got really back into it. Uh Gillian, Jason Aaron, Nick Spencer, uh, Matt Fraction, Bendis, who's obviously you know ten years beforehand, but like yeah, yeah, all the indie guys, all like in my opinion, like Aaron's one of the indie guys along with Belanger and Clunan, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe one day she'll love me. <laughs> we'll do a whole Kalunan episode. It'll be like a Vampire the Masquerade, where if you uh, do enough stuff to summon Kane, <laughs> he's going to show up, and he's going to get you. Huh? Uh, so maybe we need to do some, some uh, cast some spells, and um, we need to drink the blood of some other vampires, and blah, 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 and then Becky Kalunan will manifest herself in front of you at Chili's and share some hot wings with you or something. Or I'm sure it could be a little easier. Uh, we could, you could just keep t- Twittering, and or you could just talk to her at a convention. Oh, I'll talk to her at a convention. She could tell. Yeah, she could tell. She you could, could tell. You've talked to her anyway. Um, yeah. What else? Oh, I'll talk to her. Oh, oh, oh! You know who's been responding to all of my fucking messages on Facebook? No, I'm sorry. Uh, on uh, Instagram, Rosemary has what? been resp- has liked <laughs> all. Rosemary has liked all of my comments on all of her social media things because she posted something. I was like, "Kill them all, Rosemary! Kill them all!" And then I logged into Minefields <laughs> and then posted the same thing, and she liked both things. And I was like. And then she posted something else to some dude, and I was like, what was all that one in a million talk? And, <laughs> and I liked it both from Minefields and Joshua Michael, and she, she clicked like, and I'm like, all right, Rosemary, obviously you love me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love Rosemary, man. Like, Impact, uh, we're, we're not going to talk too much about wrestling on this episode because we're going to do episodic. Like we talked about the other day, but oh man, Impact has 
Impact is better than WB and Ring Honor right now. And, and New Japan. And New Japan. Impact is where it's at. Impact is where it's at right now. My boy Brian Cage, Rosemary, uh, John Morrison, everybody. It's hmm. it's uh, they've got this new guy named Ace that his his gimmick is is a uh, it's not Krav Maga it's uh it's uh what's it when you can jump things and run run real fast <laughs> man if you had an ass uh, I'd know it off the top of my head um parkour parkour it's that uh, vaguely yeah. French that's thing that's his gimmick maybe. parkour his gimmick <laughs> where's my picture yeah oh there we go. Uh, parkour is pretty legit. I could see how that would work out very well in the ring. Hmm. Sorry, I'm also, uh, social media-ing us at the same time. What, oh, what know, do you, right? what, yeah, what do you, what do we got to say about wrestling right now? Do we want to take uh, a break and talk about okay. wrestling, or do we want to yeah. shoot right into yeah, it? Well, yeah, let's take a break about talking about wrestling, because the one thing I, I think we need to talk about is that the old man has figured out how to supersede the idea that because they are an actual public company, they figured out a way to supersede it, and they're geniuses at it. Why did they see it coming? Just let their superstars go crazy on their own Instagram and Facebooks because oh, they can't man. be held accountable for it. Uh, they can't be like uh, fucking uh, Ronda Rousey is saying some dirty shit. And then, and then New Day is talking about like uh, he's a cake. The the old man's equivalent to TK. They want to quit. All the all of the other podcasts are talking about it. like like they're they're launching it. Like New Day, Xavier, and and, and oh, did you see Big E's post? No, I didn't. Yeah, Big E is not happy about this, but they post it as if they're actually mad. It's it's all oh work. really. Oh, it's dude, all, yeah, no, it's, I, it's, it's dude, all we, work. It's all work. It's gotta be. We said it. The, we said it last week. Like we you, we said it three weeks ago. Actually, I think you're right. Yeah, and I don't know if they figured it out or if Rhonda figured it out or what. I mean, some things have been changing on that program, and it's going a new direction. Um, was it this week that we watched it? And I was like, that is some dynamic camera work. I can't recall. It has to be because that was the first episode I ever watched where I was twittering like crazy. Oh yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys saw it, but I tweeted, con- live tweeted the whole episode. Anyway, let's take uh, let's take two minutes or something, and then uh, for you guys it's going to be no time, and for us we're going to take a minute. Uh, we're going to cut, and we'll be right back with you. Dude, don't cut. It's a pain in the ass when you cut. <laughs> All right, you don't want to fade out the music. All right, fine. Just pause. Just is there, pause. Is, is there a way to pause it? I don't not... know. Oh, we're back. That was a... You guys thought we were gone for... No oh, we're time. back. What did we do? We were... Whatever. We were away for a minute. I took a long pee-pee. I just... I'm eating a chocolate. <laughs> now I'm gonna get back to my fighting best. No, uh, okay, so... Nothing's gonna happen before Mania, but the thing about... Oh, that's that right. I, that I that I think even they can't figure out is that Kofi is over. 
Kofi oh, is over. Like Nobody has been over like Kofi like this in a while. The, the last time I can remember anyone being this over was Daniel Bryan. Well, and, and he's paired up against him too. And yeah, well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean to say that to be ironic, but the last time I saw anyone get that over against anyone else's will, against the authorities' will, was Daniel Bryan, and this just happened organically. And they're doing this thing where they're using social media to, you know, express mm-hmm. their outrage. Uh, Big E, uh, Xavier Woods, they're pissed. They're wanting to leave WWE. They're talking shit. Ronda is talking shit. They're 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 going R rated. Genius. Way to, way to supersede totally. it. Way to supersede it. Getting into everyone's emotional consciousness on on their feed. I mean, That's you what... got to think about it. You've got how many hours? Seven, eight, nine, ten. You got four hours of Raw every week. You've got three hours of SmackDown the next night. And then people can more or less forget about it, unless they're super junkies like you and I, and uh, several other people we know, who are going to watch every other wrestling show that they can. And if you're busy, you're picking it up on Hulu or the network or whatever you're doing. But what what about all the rest of the day? What about all the time you're at work and whatever? I mean, yeah, you got your wrestling action figures on your desk, or you're wearing your... Your, uh, you know, your, I don't know, Rosemary your shirt, Joey Ryan shirt, or whatever you've got going on. I, yeah, I actually have, a, I actually have a box of, I actually have a box of bootios. <laughs> yeah, I do have, yeah. And so, what does it amount to? They want your attention even more than that. You know, it's already weekly. It's a weekly series. Was it ever like that in the eighties? Not. Not so all-encompassing. In the eighties, it was just you know Saturday Night Fever that they they, they did the random things when Saturday Night Live was you know on hiatus, mm-hmm. yeah. and then you you'd watch it after Saturday Morning Cartoons, and then you'd catch it like in random spots throughout the week. But in the nineties, you're asking a really loaded question. What um, I'm getting, don't worry about it. What I'm getting at is the idea that. They're on social media. Everybody, you know, I live tweeted it. And everybody, I'm like, okay, I want to connect this guy to this tweet because I want to support them. And I'm going, okay, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I like this uh, this match between, <clears throat> with Finn Balor and uh, Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley and Leo Braun Strowman and oh. whomever. And Oh, garbage. Yeah, but dude, remember what I was saying? Well, despite the fact that I felt like this show was directed in a way that I'd never seen it done before. Um, like it was it, it directly involved, just wait to what happens on social media. Is that what you felt? No, 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 no. Cause, what I'm, cause okay, what I'm, I'm, I'm saying two different things. So the thing that I need to say that, so I can segue into the next thing, is I'm there and I'm live tweeting it and I'm trying to connect to all of these people because I want them, I want everybody to see what I'm saying and I want to... You know, I want I I want everybody to know what I think, and they want like the WWE wants us all to be thinking about it and paying attention to it. And it's not enough that your favorite character is showing up in your Facebook feed, you know, once every so often, and and it's not enough that you know 
the Miz is posting selfies with Maurice or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like they they want they want to take the story out of the ring, out of the venue. And it's all it's more involving. Is it all involving? Not so much, but it's more involving than just watching the sh- just watching the show. And uh so what I'm what I was segueing into uh with all of that was um yeah, direction and camera work. I I got to say like I wonder if the camera people it was the best camera work I've ever seen on any wrestling. Yeah, you you've been thinking about that for a while. That was astonishing. as a person who works in the film industry to to see Leo Rush flung across the ring directly into the camera's frame up and then for them to be able to punch in to his expression it changed the way I was watching it because I was going oh wow I mean I can't believe that they they timed that so well there was more emotion on their faces than I'd seen in a while it's not just brawn with his regular two expressions or you know uh or even Roman with his two expressions it was they're flinging them right into the camera and they're punching in on it and this isn't all just something that's happening it was as if the show had a director who was directing things for more performance value and that yeah, i mean yeah, especially in that fire ever since ever since that happened it's been kicking ass yeah <laughs> I mean, that, in that match in particular, and then in the rest of the show too, especially during Drew fighting uh, Seth, that was that was bitching. And then SmackDown, Drew, Drew, Drew has a specific story. I, I don't think I've ever ta- I've gotten this with you, mm-hmm. but you know that Drew used used to be in WWE, and they fired his ass because he was a piece of shit and an yeah, asshole. Yeah, and they you've told me that. Yeah, yeah, and he was he just was he a piece of shit or was he just an egomaniac? Both. Uh, that's that's what happens when you're a wrestler. He was an, a piece of shit egomaniac, and he thought his, he was too big for his britches, and they just let his ass go. They didn't give a shit, but they brought him back, and that's one of the great things about WWE. You can make a mistake, but if <laughs> it's, it's funny, it's, it's not even one of those heartfelt things like, "Oh, we'd always, we'd always forgive you." No. <laughs> We can get money off your ass. Get your ass over here. We'll figure it out. We'll put yeah. you over. <laughs> I, you know, I and mean, that's part of the, what's happening. My my boy was asking because I I pulled out that Ultimate Warrior toy. We pulled that out of the uh, thing today, and uh, I cleaned it up, and he was fascinated by it. And uh, we were talking about the Ultimate Warrior, and then we were talking. About, he was like, "What about Hulk Hogan? Did anything like that ever happen?" He was asking me about the Ultimate Warrior, and I'm saying. Yeah, you know, he had a really cool career. He's a fascinating guy. Uh, in the end, though, you know, he he retired, and um, uh, he said some weird stuff after he was uh, Prophetic. retired. Prophetic. Yeah, and yet, uh, and then he died really soon. And he was like, wait, did he get fired or did he retire? And th- so I explained it. And then he wanted to know about Hulk. He was like, what about Hulk Hogan? Is it like that? And I was like... Hulk Hogan made a major mistake that got him fired, but you know he came back. He's he's back right now. Technically, uh, he's not doing anything, but he's on the roster, you know. And um, 
I basically, I was like, you can't be racist and get away with it, I think, in the WWE. I think it's a very inclusive organization. I think wrestling is very inclusive. Sorry, I just dropped a pinball. Uh, and um, <laughs> I think, and I, you know, that was one of the conversations we were having. That's what I was talking about, the uh, for everyone tagline for Finn Balor. So I was explaining this to my nine-year-old, you know. Um, yeah, you can get fired for being a, a dick. For being racist, even, and they'll bring you back ultimately. Yeah. But I don't know if you can be Enzo Amore and come back. Oh well, like okay, Enzo. Okay, so I, I want to talk about this for a while. Enzo hid the fact that he was under investigation for sexual assault, uh-huh. and he ended up getting cleared of it. And really, he ended up getting cleared of it. But the thing is, is he hid it from the WWE. Uh huh. And they found out about it the wrong way. And this girl had a strong case immediately, but they, they got dismissed. She said a lot of shit like where he was like, yeah, suck my dick. I'm a huge, big star. And okay, like, yeah, you can imagine him doing that. But who else was there? And they cleared his they cleared him of all charges. But he hid the fact from his, you know, billion dollar bosses and things didn't go right they he he reacted incorrectly he should have let him know right away he started this like smear campaign they they let his ass go they fired his ass they yeah fired his ass but they didn't even do it like in the in the fun you're fired no no they didn't do <laughs> they didn't do that like dude you're under investigation you you betrayed us you should have let us know we've been pushing your ass We've been taking care of you after you got your neck hurt in your first big match in the WWE. His first big match in a, in a, in a pay-per-view, he got stringed up by the ropes, and they threw the X up. He oh, was gone really? For, he was gone for like six months. He he was hurt like a motherfucker. And and then they bring him back, and the one thing I guess to say about Enzo, he, did, he could not wrestle. It was all about oh, like... No. Oh, yeah, him and, him and cutting promos. That's all he had going on. Cass could wrestle. Cass couldn't talk on the mic, but Enzo could. They had a great dynamic. They even had a, they had it actually better when they had Carmella back in NXT. But they when they got put up to the main roster, it was just him and uh, uh, Enzo and Cass. But he couldn't wrestle. Cass couldn't talk on the mic. They're they're both done. They're both done, and if only he had just said, "Hey, listen, I got a problem." They'd have helped them out. Hell, we've got uh, Hulk Hogan saying the N word mm-hmm. a bunch of times on video, and yeah, they—he's they, about to be brought. They're saying he's going to have a big uh, a role for uh, WrestleMania this year, and just come clean. And oh yeah, um, I mean, it's just confession, man. I mean, you remember when we were at WrestleMania last year and we found by accident where they had all of the WWE trailers parked. And uh, it was kind of funny because they all had Oklahoma license plates. And we saw the one that had the big Enzo Amore, like, cut out of it. <laughs> yeah, cut like, out. They got his image off of stuff right away. And yeah. I, I don't know if they do that to a lot of people. They, they specifically, like, it wasn't even like... Okay, we gotta get his image off of this. Like, like, all right, someone with an exacto knife, get his entire image off of it. We don't want to like mess with the background behind him. If I was, if I was the guy, just like 
get someone with a with a, like a a spray brush, just brush that out, just big, big a swatch. No, no, they just they just <laughs> yeah, it was down just, to the raw metal on the, un, yeah. on the back or whatever the fiberglass. I don't know what they make them out of. His, yeah, they they, they <clears throat> removed his silhouette. Yeah, <laughs> okay, all right, that's fine. And then now he's the real one. And his rap is the shittiest rap ever. And he 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 like he showed up at a, a raw. It was a pay per view, wasn't it? Yeah. And he showed up and um, yeah. I don't I don't know what it was. Yeah, there was a uh, yeah something like that. He showed up somewhere and he did his uh, his spiel, his intro piece, and he got a big a big crowd reaction, and then they just whisked him away. <clears throat> I'm trying to find see if there's a photo of the trailer because I know we took pictures of it. Uh, <laughs> I want to post that picture. I know I stood underneath it and I was like, "Hey, uh, I want to be. Uh, I'll take his spot." <laughs> I said, "Wasn't he a welterweight or a 205 guy? He was 205. 205. Yeah. 205. Hmm. Yeah, I can't find a picture of it. Boy, he's a ridiculous looking character. Anyways, uh." Yeah, I don't need him staring at me anymore. Yeah, so SmackDown, we got to get into that, man. Kofi totally over. Look at look at all that stuff that happened. Honestly, I feel like okay, you have an what an hour? How many how many minutes was that match for real? Oh, it was like 50, 56 minutes, something like that. That gauntlet match was nuts. That was and nuts. I, it, that that was that was a lot of fun, but like, god damn, Kofi. He put Kofi. up with it all, whether or not it's legit, whether or not it's uh, scripted. It's it's still fun, and but I honestly, I just there's no world where I could actually see Kofi taking Sheamus down or Cesaro or any of those dudes just by weight. But the mere fact of like he's not going to give up. You know, and I'm I'm gonna I'm not dissing on New Japan, but when we watch some of those New Japan matches, those guys are laying around like in agony, catching their breath for a few minutes, and I didn't see Kofi really doing that because those guys didn't let up on him, uh, virtually ever. Yeah, he got to lay around for a second now and again and catch his breath, but. And then, you know, he'd get in there and somebody would have him in some kind of a hold or whatever. And, you know, that's that's giving him the opportunity. But he showed an outrageous amount of personal acumen. And, uh... No yeah. gimmicks, even. Like, I mean, that was, he was that, that was That was full heartfelt. That was yeah. full heartfelt wrestling. Mm-hmm. No, no gimmick, none of that bullshit where he's, like, you know, walking on his hands to get back in the rumble without getting disqualified. Oh, yeah, that stuff, and, that was... That's fun, but it's silly, and he didn't do anything really silly in this at all. Of course, he didn't have the rest of the team there to back him up. Uh, I mean, it would have kind of been legit for uh, those guys to be dealing with guys on the outside of the ring, but we only saw one point where, like, Cesaro... uh, distracted the... you know, did something while the ref was distracted, or... Something like that, you know. It wasn't that, wasn't that, wasn't too gimmicky. It was a, it was a pretty solid match. How many stars would you give that? Oh, dude, I'd give it a two. <laughs> it was a I'd little bit a too two. contrived. Two. 
It was contrived, like, yeah. but in my mind, a five-star match. Meltzer gives six stars. In my mind, just do five. Uh-huh. In my mind, Okada, Omega, uh, Ricochet, Osprey. Yeah, those are fives. Mm. I would give this one a three, maybe a two. And giving it a three is a stretch. I think it's just because the limitations. Uh, I mean, we're not seeing blood, and I'm not. I'm not saying I need to see blood. I'm just saying we, we don't. We don't have believability. None of these guys are bleeding. They don't have broken eyes or broken arms. They don't have any any quantifiable injuries that make it make sense. I mean, when we even when the week before when we were watching Drew McIntyre and Dean Ambrose beat each other down, it's still not realistic enough. And uh, it's because these guys are under contract and they have to be able to perform. And we don't want to see all that these guys getting hurt that bad. But uh, Oh, no. We never wanted to see anyone get hurt at all. But, like, it's not pushing the story. And it's just... Well, well both Kofi of these things thing, push the story, for sure. But the but injuries... The, well, we're, we don't talking, need we're the talking injuries. about Kofi. The only, the only injury that is pushing a story has been this... BS with uh, Becky's knee, and I, I just don't see that as be. That's just not real. That's the fakest, lamest, uh, limps. That I mean, it's just a bunch of crap. Yeah, but we got to see some crutch fights. Crutch fights, yeah. <laughs> Do we care Man, about? Uh, I, I... I don't care about anything else that's going on in WWE right now than Kofi. Uh, <laughs> I love what they're I love what they're doing on on online for the social media thing. That's but yeah, it's, that's it's clever. We we we've passed the Rumble. We've passed Fastlane. Uh, everything, nothing that's going to happen is going to matter unless they pull something out of their ass, which I sincerely doubt it. But we've got Mania coming up in like what three weeks? Uh yeah, what it's like uh the end of April or something I can't recall. Dang, you know, like I had that in end, my end of head. April, be, 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 beginning of April. Uh yeah, it's, it's it's happening. We gotta figure out what we're gonna do. So let me look it up. It's I don't just be a uh, tool and not not tell people when WrestleMania is happening. April seventh. April seventh. Yikes. Yeah, but the G one is the day beforehand for New Japan because tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow or Tuesday, we're recording our indie because uh, we're, we're splitting up minefields now. Um, we're doing the main the the uh, mainstream stuff for main issues, but we're gonna do the side issues of uh, indie wrestling impact, Ring of Honor, and whatever else random hair we're getting. Yes, mm. so, okay. totally, like totally. I'm reading. I'm reading uh, headlines and wondering. Uh, Wondering if they're worth making a mention of. Mm. You don't care about Kurt Angle? Uh, I love Kurt I feel Kurt like Angle. a hypocrite. I, I, have, I feel like a hypocrite when it comes to Kurt Angle because back in the day, we hated his ass. We, I, I could not stand <laughs> baby faces. Could, we, we always called him Kurt Anus. And, <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I told you one of the greatest moments of my life was being at meeting to actually see him come out and tell him personally that he sucked. But it, yeah. but it wasn't the same way I would have told them he sucked the way I had told it in 2001 because I hated him in 2001. <laughs> like I, I, I literally hated him. Like, like why is this? I, I don't. I, I didn't care. Like I hated him so much. It, 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 
it wouldn't even let me enjoy his wrestling. What was it about him that you you hated? Dude, Boy Scout. I don't. <laughs> I, don't All right. I, I I don't like good guys. Like mm-hmm. if if I'm writing a story, I don't like good guys. I like the bad guys. Like that. Like if you and I, if it was 1982 right now, and you and I bumped into each other, and we've got our GI Joes, I'm full on Cobra. <laughs> Or, yeah, or, or if, if you if you're a Dehemian guys, I, I was I had Skeletor, I had I had Mumra, like mm-hmm, uh, for mm-hmm. for Thunder, yeah, Thundercats, Thundercats was my jam, but I don't, I didn't like good guys, and he was the ultimate good guy. Like he was, I, I loved American Gladiators, that show was great, but he was like this Boy Scout guy that was always being nice to everybody, and and I gotta say though when Shane suplexed him like four or five times into a glass wall oh oh man that was nuts but <laughs> it's it still didn't make me like him <laughs> yeah it's still, it still didn't make me like him but now he's like uh my my, my buddy uh, uh daryl taylor like uh when i was, I was talking about wrestling is like he's from pittsburgh and i was like he brought up kurt angle and I was like, I fucking hate that guy. And he's like, he just looked me in the eyes. And I just got all big like that dude from like the, the, the Undertaker guy that like freaks out when Undertaker loses. Like <laughs> oh, his eyes uh, got Paul all Bear. big. His, yeah, his his eyes got all – no, not no, Paul Bear. The, the black guy when uh, in the crowd that freaks out when Undertaker loses for the first time to Brock Oh, Lester. oh. Uh, yeah, isn't that a meme? Yeah. <laughs> or a gif? Yeah, his, isn't there yeah, a gif of that? Yeah, his eyes got all – yeah, his eyes got all big, and he's like, "Blasphemer! Don't you ever talk shit about Kurt Angle in my presence again." I'm like, "Oh, okay. I will. Uh, I will behave myself, Mister Blake, scary black guy, <laughs> a foot taller than me." <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm not from Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't know what I'm missing out on. And then uh, this other guy that heard the conversation was like, "Yeah, I don't ever talk shit about Kurt Angle." Especially I'm from Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't know that. And, and then he looked at me. He's like, "Yeah, don't talk shit about Kurt Angle ever." <laughs> he, <laughs> he like he 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 calmed, he calmed me ass down. And then he also told me like, "Yeah, don't do that again." <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah, Undertaker loss reaction gif. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's something. <laughs> yeah, just just Google it, everybody. Undertaker loss reaction. GIF, it's uh, it's pretty rad. Yeah, that that was the look that Daryl gave me when I started talking shit about Ink. <laughs> that, that that was actually that it's was actually abject the, horror. <laughs> yeah, that was actually the Dusty died too. That was a big day. Ooh. That's why we were even talking about it in the first place because Dusty died. That day sucked. I cried when Dusty died. That, that that hit me hard, but not as. The one that really hit me hard was Roddy Roddy Piper. Oh man, dude! Yeah, that one. I, that's hit, that one hit me in a, like a kick in the asshole and the balls at the same time. I make complaints about plenty of stuff that doesn't need to be uh, doesn't need my energy attached to it, but um, I'm always wondering, you know, why is this something that we're all constantly hearing about? Why is this person's life anything they don't matter to me this you know like the kylie 
Jenner. I don't care. Uh, anybody in the Kardashians doesn't matter to me. Paris Hilton never mattered, except at a certain point I was like, this is freaking frustrating. Quit, quit it with these people. And so then, like, on the same note, it was, I would say, okay, well, I've never heard of this. So why is this anything that I should pay attention to? But Roddy Roddy Piper dying. Whether you watched wrestling or not, at any time in your life, you had heard of Rowdy Roddy Piper. You had heard of Hulk Hogan. You had heard of Andre the Giant. You had probably heard of the Iron Sheik. And if you were a kid in the 80s, you'd heard of Sergeant Freakin' Slaughter, okay? So... To be just milling around one day and hearing Roddy Roddy Piper died, you stop for a second, you know? And you're just like, man, man, that's, I never watched it, but I'm aware of it, you know? And that, it's a piece of my, it's a piece of my life. So honestly, I gotta say, Rowdy Ronda Rousey, I totally dig her like I'm going to pick up the banner and carry on with this with this perspective with this character the persona. It's going to be me. I understand it. It's 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 like Ms. Marvel becoming Captain Marvel. You know what I mean? Right. It's like it's like Kamala Khan being Ms. Marvel. It's like any of that stuff. It's a character. I'm paying homage to this guy. Are we ever going to find somebody who can pay homage to Andre the Giant? Are we going to find somebody? You know, the Hulks, Hulkster will die. Will Don't we have you ever a Hulk? say that again. Will we have a Hulkster? <laughs> you know? Can, will there be a Will there ever be more Hulkamania? Will it ever go? Will there be a Macho Man? No, that 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 that's one of the best things about wrestling in the first place, man. Is that these guys had their actual stories? They had some kayfabe. They broke kayfabe. That's fine. Oh, kayfabe, man. But their lives mattered to us all. When when Macho Man died, he had a heart attack while driving his jeep, pressed into a truck, into a, into a tree mm. while driving his jeep. Oh, um, yeah. Like like you know, like all of them have. These guys gave their lives. Yeah, they they did it for fame. They liked the pop, but these guys got up hurting every day, man. That's that's what we were doing. Yeah, my boy and I yeah. watched uh, part of Spider Man two thousand two, and he was he'd never he hasn't seen all of it, but Bone Saw, and he wanted to know all about it. And I was like, "That's Macho Man right there." Three and minutes, three <laughs> minutes playtime. Like everything about that, it's just. That whole sequence is memorable. Spider-Man, memorable by itself. But that sequence, why why he wasn't portraying Crusher Hogan, I'll never know. But (laughs) whatever. It's Bonesaw. Hey, freak you. (laughs) Even my buddies Uh, that watched that movie with me, that was the quotable part of the movie. The ones who didn't care about Spider-Man... And just wanted to go see a cool movie. When they left, Macho Man's lines were the ones that were quotable to them forever after. You're going nowhere. 
I got you for three minutes of playtime. You don't and, think but, we could have another Macho Man? You don't think oh, we could have somebody paying no. homage? No. 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 No, no. Not I, like, like I don't want. Not I don't. Like what I don't want. Doing. I want no homage. I don't want any new version of someone. I want a new person of someone new. Mm. I, I don't want homages. That that pisses me off. Be yourself. Do something kick ass. Just how could you be another like? That's why Zack Ryder's failed because he was always doing that Hulk Hogan and uh, Macho Man thing with uh what's his name for like years before like now they're buried like no one gives a shit about them they they were fake they were fake macho man and 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 and, uh, and hogan for a while yeah i don't want to like just do something new i'm done man i'm <laughs> you're out of content <laughs> i'm out of content I'm that's all right content. i got to I gotta get up super early and go uh, argue. Uh, no, it's not an argue. I gotta get up and go talk to my legislators tomorrow in support of our tax incentive. Uh, not in the not the existing one, but in the we're my people, my uh, community. We're getting together. We're gonna talk to them about supporting a Senate bill that will um, hopefully improve our lives drastically. Because otherwise, you know, I mean, Lowe's is hiring. Uh, and, uh, that's kind of it. Yeah, man. Legitimately, Lowe's is hiring, and they have some kick-ass, uh, benefits, folks, in case you didn't know that. It's totally worth looking into that. Um, just kick some ass, man, the way you always do, man. Uh, I know you're not feeling too good, but, like... Oh, no, I feel good. I worked today, I worked yesterday. I love you, man. You're my best friend. I'm tired. I love you. Go to bed. We'll uh, podcast some more later, okay? Excelsior. Excelsior. Make it so. We're going to actually be on schedule every Thursday. Comics (laughs) comics and recap recap on maybe like Friday. We got to figure out what we're going to do for for wrestling. Yeah. But uh, because Impact and and Ring of Honor are pretty, pretty scheduled. Mm-hmm. But the best one, New Japan, like uh, they just finished the uh, New Japan Cup, and I want to talk about my boy. Ooh, my boy fucking won it. But we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Have a happy right. tomorrow. Happy tomorrow. Later. Bye.